Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined as always by our beat reporters, Jim Thomas, back from Philadelphia, and Tom Timmerman. And uh, hey, Jordan Bennington, back among the living, JT, with a pretty good performance. Had got tested a couple times early, got into the game, and stayed in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boy, when that uh, uh, first goal and only goal by Philly was scored, I'm like, okay, now what's going to happen now? Are we going to see like three or four in a row? But no, we didn't. That breakaway was huge, I think, uh, 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 early in the game. I stopped that, maybe helped his confidence. But it was a... uh, it was a uh, it was a neat night. It was a neat trip too. As, as I kind of wrote about it at different times, just they're they're kind of retracing the steps of that first road trip after the uh, uh, the Stanley Cup and uh, back in the nineteen twenty season, and uh, just all the places you know Toronto. They 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 uh, they had the ring ceremony. Uh, Montreal. I can remember going into the. Uh, uh, Montreal dining uh, hall for uh, press box for like my seventh hot dog or whatever. And uh, uh, Armstrong was in there handing out the uh, uh, Stanley cup rings to the, uh, I guess they're Eastern scouts. And uh, then of course, uh, uh, Philadelphia. So it was pretty cool. And uh, by his standards, and it's really hard to tell, but by his standards, I think Bennington was, he was a little bit emotional after the game. So uh, very, very uh, cool to see. And, uh, you know, I think as we all uh, realize, it's uh, this, it's going to be one of one of the, if not the main storyline the rest of the season. How how, how does this play out with uh, with Bennington and Huso? Yeah, you know, uh, mathematically speaking, one point you need more than one point for a line, and so this is we we don't have a trend yet on Bennington, but it's the first time we've seen him have a game like this in a long time. So that's that's a start, and we'll see. When he gets in again, how soon they use him, and if he can start putting games together, what is the next step and how the balance works and what it would take before Bennington becomes the number one goalie again. Uh, was it Tom that Tom? Did you predict that this would be the uh, the scenario would would be if you started in Philly and you won, you could bring him back against Buffalo? Was that the I, the Tim I did suggest that in, in a I don't know if it was the previous podcast or the podcast before that, but uh, that that theory was thrown out. Yes. Yeah, and so JT, I guess you know it would be a, it would be an opportune time for the Chief just to just to see if he couldn't build Jordan, knowing that you know uh, as uh, readers of the stltoday.com know from Tom's chat, I mean, there's going to be back-to-back opportunities and you wrote about Jordan not being too worried about this, but um, you know, this is a good chance to, to maybe build on the win, but knowing that both guys will have to play down the stretch. Yeah. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. Tom, uh, uh, I believe tweeted out that, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, also uh, what is right after the game when it Tommy that, uh, that you thought uh, maybe Bennington deserved to go out there in Buffalo. I don't know what I do. I, I, I don't want to just uh, uh, put who so, on ice, you do have six back-to-backs coming up, but uh, uh, I think the 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 importance of 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 getting Bennington going uh, again might might trump uh, sending Huso back out there. But I, you know, if I was a coach, and uh, Tommy asked me today at uh, after practice what I would do, I'd say, "Well, you're going to have to watch pregame." No, that's fine. <laughs> I would. I would, I, I would say I didn't know because I, in my mind, if it were up to me, I, I truly uh, uh, don't know. You guys talk among yourselves. I'm going to go refill my coffee. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you got to come back with, with Bennington to build on whatever momentum he has. 
you've got a as you know a, an opponent in Buffalo playing at home. It's a good situation. Huso is used to going a long time between games. Um, so I mean, if you go two weeks without him playing, I, I think he can handle that. Um, but I, I think you got to give you got to capture. It's like parallel parking, and you got to turn the wheel to capture the ground you've gained. And that's what the Blues have got to do right now. And I could be proven wrong on this by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. But I would think you say, Bennington's got a good game. Why make him wait until Sunday in Chicago, have him play the next game? And, you know, then it's then it's going to be tricky after that as to if he doesn't do well against Buffalo, how do you handle it? Do you go back to what it was before where Huso plays a bunch of games? It's a delicate situation right now as to how they're going to sort all this out because you're only one bad Bennington game away from saying, well, we're, we're back to playing Huso four out of five. And there's nothing wrong with playing Huso four out of five. He's, he's, he has played so well as well as any goalie in the league, but you got to get Bennington going. And this is the chance, I think. Yeah. And JT, there's, you know, for a host of reasons, you, you need two guys. You need to have both guys going in case something happens to your starter in the playoffs. It's, it's really desirable to have a, that scenario, but you know, again, you've invested a lot of money in, in Bennington. You got to give it every opportunity uh, within reason to, uh, to keep his career on track because you know, you've got the Huso um, decision coming up and, you know, let's be honest here. If Bennington can start a bunch of games down the stretch and um, you know, be prepared to step in in the playoffs, if, if need be, all of that from a business standpoint, not only what you've invested in Jordan, but the, the need to uh, try to keep the Huso contract within reason. It, it all makes sense from a business standpoint to, to try to get uh, Jordan on track. Well, no doubt. And I, I also think, and I think this factors in with Armstrong. Armstrong's loyal to, to his guys, and uh, he, he, he deserves every opportunity to, uh, to work his way out of this. Uh, for what he's done uh, for, for the franchise. I mean, he won them a cup or at least helped win them a cup. So uh, yeah. And, and uh, there comes a certain point where, you know, if he goes back and, and he's struggling where you say, okay, you know, uh, <clears throat> we, we've, we've given you every opportunity, but I, I, I still think he, he deserves a chance to, to work his way out of, out of this. But uh, Ruby has a real good touch with this, with the lines and, and, uh, uh, who plays, uh, you know, who plays when, but th- this will be one of his biggest challenges. I think, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's obviously there's egos involved. There's uh, uh, the confidence of players. And I, I thought it was very interesting that uh, Bennington just talked about building that resiliency back. He made it sound like it was as much a case of, uh, uh, you know, in his head and confidence than anything about the technicalities of uh a playing goalie. So, uh, yeah, this will be, this will be fascinating to watch, uh, uh, down the stretch, especially with such a, uh, a tight race for, for second place in the, uh, in the central. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough balance of, I mean, it's, it's not sentimentality, but it's, they, they, Bennington has proved himself. He has won a Stanley cup and Jim, I think you did too. I think we both voted for him for the Conn Smythe Trophy, didn't we? During the in the we might have been the the only two. Uh, two uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a landslide for O'Reilly, but yeah, you're right. So I mean, clearly he was the MVP of that postseason uh, for the Blues, and he's done that. And and the other thing is that goalies are just it's it is a fickle profession, and 
goalies, you know, there, there is a long track record of goalies who had great rookie seasons and then, you know, vanished. So, you know, the blues are saying this guy's done it and he, you know, has did it a little bit the following year too. He played pretty well, you know, it was enough that they gave him that, you know, the big contract extension, you know, they didn't give him the big extension after the Stanley cup. They showed the restraint there. They gave him a bridge deal, but then they came back. They saw enough to give him the large deal after that. So yeah, there's a lot invested. And if, cause if Bennington doesn't work, it just complicates everything uh, going forward. So yeah, even on, on, a, on a financial basis, on a well-being of the team basis, they need to get him going. You know, one of the things that was a great road trip in the sense of seven out of eight, eight you know, a handful of seconds away from being eight out of eight uh, as far as getting the points go. But I thought one of the one of the interesting things for me, body language wise, was, uh, you know, you're doing the uh, congratulations line for, for Bennington at the end of the game. And I thought that it was interesting to see 91 take extra time to uh, in, in the uh, – celebration, you know, talking to Bennington. I think, I think it was Buchnevich who hugged the both of them afterwards because that's what happy Pavel uh, does. But, um, but I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Not only did Vladdy score in that game and have some, some good comments afterwards, but, um, you know, it, it just exudes a good vibe for the team when a guy uh, that we much discussed, uh, Tarasenko, is, is that happy for a teammate and to take the extra time to, to talk to him uh, right afterward. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that's come out of this uh, for me, the whole of uh, Vladigate uh, stuff, is that uh, he's uh, you know he's a little bit more of a team leader than than, than maybe I, I I thought. I, I can even go back to early in the season, uh, you know, uh, Robert Thomas talking about how much Vladdy helped him out when uh, <clears throat> he was new to the league and and a rookie to the league and. Uh, 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 you know, let's face it, Tarasenko is an emotional guy and, uh, you know, he had his own struggles in a different kind of way. And I, I think he probably has a deep appreciation for, uh, for, uh, Bennington's, uh, struggle. You know, I, I think psychologically this, this would be, a it'd be an interesting study of, uh, what Bennington's gone through in his head. Yes. It took him a long time to get a chance in the NHL, but then it wasn't an incremental thing. <clears throat> he just shot right to the top and uh, became a sports hero and a cult, uh, <laughs> a cult uh, uh, figure too, uh, in part because of his uh, some of his wacky uh, uh, press sessions. But then it kind of all tumbled away just very quickly. So uh, uh, it it's just it's just been a fascinating thing to watch, and uh, I can't wait to see the next chapter. You know, and when the Blues acquired Buchnevich in the offseason and we talked to him and he said he talked about players he had talked to and he said, I got and I got a phone call from Tarasenko. And at that point in time, you had to think, what was he like offering his house for sale? But no, I mean, Vladdy, you know, we went out, you know, reached out and he was still, you know, no idea how the trade demand was going to work at that time. But yeah, I and I don't know if of all of these things in the life of Vladimir Tarasenko are related or if we're seeing it more now than we did before. Um, but, um, you know, for the, the guy didn't become team captain uh, and was apparently not totally thrilled about that, but he is, he's really, I think Bennett has been at his best, or at least we've seen it as best, the, you know, and a lot of it is how people interact with us. I mean, because the players have always spoken highly of him, but we haven't seen it, but I think he's showing it a lot more now for the rest of the world to see. 
Yeah, great body language. He's a happy guy on the bench. He's a, he's happy and engaged on the ice. He's going to the net. I mean, he's checking all the boxes. I mean, it's uh, too soon to project beyond uh, what's happening in the immediate uh, time frame. But for this team to try to take a run this year, uh, JT, having a 90, fully activated 91 playing the way he is, um, world of difference. I mean, there's a lot of good players on this team. You know, you talk about Braden Shen being hot, and we've talked about Cairo and Thomas breaking out and, and with all the great things Buchnevich has done after coming over in a somewhat lopsided trade with the Rangers. But, uh, boy, if if, uh, if Tarasenko, guys like this are just difference makers if they're locked in, and it looks like he is. Yeah, it it, it, it really does. And, you know, uh, uh, my kind of my first impressions uh, back when I started on the beat was uh, uh, kind of, uh, well, another another moody superstar, because Vladdy could be moody. Uh, Marshall Falk, very, very moody. But uh, Vladdy hasn't been moody this year. And uh, maybe it's because uh, he hasn't had a slump. I mean, I, I can never, <laughs> the first year, no, I can remember Paul, Paul Stasny. Uh, uh, it was uh, during a time in, in that 17, 18 season when, when uh, uh, things weren't going so well. And that there was a media scrum in the locker room, all for the days of locker room interviews. But uh, uh, Vladdy's name came up and being in a scoring slump and Stasny just smiled. He was kidding, but he wasn't kidding. He says, well, we all know Vladdy pouts. So uh, Vladdy's not pouting this year. Yeah, and he keeps putting in the goals. And I'll, I'll again apologize, you know, and I guess I still there's still a chance for me to be proven correct, but, you know, he could be a 30-goal scorer. I said it wasn't going to happen again, but there is there is the potential for that as the season goes on. Um, you know, he's one of those guys, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's making the whatever line he's on, he's making better. Um, you know, he's probably, you know, has brought uh, Barbashev out, which has been important. Um, he's had a lot of influence, I think, and he's, and he's playing well and he's one of the guys they need. I mean, they need Perron to come on, you know, they need at least one of the goalies to be really good, but that's, you know, Tarasenko is one of those things that helps everywhere on the team. Now we've spent a lot of time talking about the defensive core and, uh, admittedly, this was a stretch of, uh, against, uh, awful opponents. Well, Montreal is playing better now, but still you in Toronto should be a better team than Toronto is, but three of the four teams you played weren't very good, but still you look at the, uh, what's happened on the, on the defensive core and a lot of positive things, you know, we'll talk about, um, start with the beleaguered, uh, formerly beleaguered Colton Pareko, another plus three performance. What is that? Uh, plus 10 and six for him. Um, not taking the biggest workload uh, that, that went to Justin Falk, but, uh, but JT, uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Colton Pareko salvaging the season. Um, and possibly then some, if he can keep this going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's been uh, interesting to watch. I think he's down and he was, he was uh, pretty astronomical, not, not quite in Jacob uh, uh, chicken range, but uh, he was pretty, pretty high up there in uh, plus minus. I think he's down to like minus six now, but, uh, and what that means in terms of, of uh, uh, the eye test is that, you know, he, he just doesn't seem to be uh uh, making uh, uh, mistakes and uh, uh, you know, he could have been obviously more aware of uh, where Mr. Uh, Cole Caulfield was on that, that, uh, uh, that tying goal with uh, 8.7 seconds, but that's, that really the only glitch that I can think of off the top of my head on this trip. And if he plays like this down the stretch, it's a whole nother dimension. Like you said, okay. Quality of competition uh, maybe not as great. Did uh, 
Did Montreal, did they end up winning that game last night? Did they beat Buffalo? You they did. Know? Shut them out. Yeah. Four in a row for the, uh, for yeah. the Habs. So, uh, uh, yeah, and, and and we see it happens uh, all the time. I mean, Ottawa beat uh, Minnesota the other night. So, uh, but yeah, if Pareko plays like this, this is a good sign. You know who kind of caught my eye uh, in the game uh, in Philly was Jake Wallman, just in, in, in terms of him moving the puck more, being more assertive with the puck, particularly in the offensive zone. Now, it really didn't add up to goals but that's kind of how he has to play if he can play that way and still have some semblance of being sound defensively uh you know uh he he can not only help himself if he's not going to be with the blues this year but he can help the team this year yeah you know in terms of um i believe it's in of uh expected goals percentage and coursey percentage really one of the the best defense combination the blues have had this year among guys who played a lot has been the bortuzzo wallman combination uh, they actually have put up um, numbers better than the, the other pairings and followed by Falk and Krug and then by uh, Pareko and Mikola. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't know where Jake Wallman figures in all this. I don't know if Jake Wallman is back next year. I don't know if Jake Wallman is with this team in April, but, um, you know, right now he's, uh, he's, he's doing well. Well, the timing is good for Jake. We mentioned this uh, repeatedly uh, on the net front that, I think they're going to add a defenseman, a veteran defenseman, and everybody assumes they're going to trade Scandella. I, I think there's a, if they could make the cap work and keep Marco uh, as and just have veteran depth, if there's a way to um, move Wallman and, and get a defenseman and make the numbers work, which would be difficult, uh, gives you more of a veteran look. And then, you know, Jake's, frankly, going forward because Perunovic has got his spot going forward, and you've committed to the other guys, right? So, and, and Nico's making his move. So, you know, Wallman would be stuck in the same spot next year if he sticks around. Uh, at best, he would be stuck in the same spot. So um, I think this is a chance for JT. He plays, plays a bit ahead of the trade deadline, um, has gotten a chance for teams to look at him, including teams that the Blues might want to make a deal with. Um, so it's been a win-win, a win for Jake to get back on the ice and for the Blues to have maybe a chip taken play. Yeah, and uh... – uh, maybe that's a, 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 a way to go. I totally agree with you that Perunovic eventually, and maybe, maybe sooner rather than later, will will at least take a Wallman's spot. And this is the time of year. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of scouts in the press box. I saw uh, just looked at the seating chart uh, when I when I got to the Philly press box, and uh, 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 there were ten teams represented. Uh, who is it? Rangers, Panthers, and Oilers. Uh, both had two scouts there with the Arlers. I'm thinking because we've heard the rumors, boy, they, they really like to, you know, have who so. And I'm like, well, they're probably disappointed that Bennington's starting tonight, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is that time of year. And uh, uh, I think Wallman, uh, at least the other night, did himself some good. Yeah, I just don't understand. I, I, I can't picture what team is going to say, we will take Marco Scandella. Just with the salary cap hit and with the years, it'd be one thing if he was going to be off the books at the end of this season, but he's not. He's got two more years after this season. So that's, you know, if you're Arizona and you're rebuilding, you know, you need Marco Scandella and a, you know, three plus million dollar salary cap hit. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and if he's, you know, if, if the Blues are trying to get rid of him, then why do you benefit from that? And so even if you've got cap space, I just don't know who's going to take Scandella. Wallman is very tradable, but 
a low cap hit. So if you're giving up him and the other team's going to retain salary, maybe you can get a guy that's making $2 million a year, you know, but I don't know that you can get somebody that makes a whole lot more unless you move somebody else uh, as well. So that's going to be, I think the, the tricky thing is the, you know, blues look at the trade deadline, unless someone gets hurt and goes on LTIR and, and gets them some space that way. I just don't know, you know, what it's going to take. They're going to, they would have to give up a core player at that point, unless someone wants Scandella. Uh, you never know, but uh, you never know. I mean, <laughs> there's always going to be potential for hijinks of maneuvering, you know, and maybe there's a team willing to take money. Uh, in order to get prospects, you know, I think Arizona is always open for business if they can get something long term and just eat um, a guy they don't want. Um, it's ideally it's a guy that doesn't have so much term left and a, and a guy they can just put in a warehouse someplace who's injured. But still, uh, one never knows. Now, another good topic, um, and it really is amazing. You know, we've talked about him over and over again, but Justin Falk and you know, Ben Hockman uh, wrote, uh, talked about this. Um, boy, he just, you know, logs the big minutes you know, hitting people, uh, blocking shots, killing penalties. Now he's on the power play too. Um, I, JT, I, again, I say this a lot, but I, I just could never have imagined all this happening for Falk. I just thought he was a one-dimensional guy when they got him. Um, boy, is he, you talk about never knowing how, what a, you can actually get out of a trade or a signing um, until you really, until the plays out over time. This guy, yeah, I, I, he's almost off the chart in terms of how much more he's given the franchise than many expected. Yeah, and he's 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 redefined who he is in St. Louis, or at least our our uh, uh, concept or our picture uh, uh, of what what he was, uh, because he's he's playing uh, uh, such good defense. And you know, I looked down the other night; it was saw, at some point on the trip. Uh, he he led the team in hits. Uh, he's he's not really necessarily known as a as a, as a physical guy. Uh, but uh, it's been amazing to watch that whole uh, uh, second pairing, you know, because Tory Krug's having a, a, a very good season a, a, as well. Yeah. A, and you, you put Falk back on the power play and, and he's contributing. He's, he's getting some assists uh, here and there, even though the power play really hasn't been great uh, lately, but he's a sturdy guy. I mean, I think because he's not, you know, six foot five, uh, you know, and maybe doesn't quite have that wing wingspan, but uh, you know, he he that lower torso, he he's pretty thick. You know what, Tarasenko, the old tank nickname, he's got a tank like lower torso, so he's pretty effective in the uh, the, the the wall battles and when it comes to pushing and, and shoving. So uh, uh, yeah, I you know I I, I I I don't know around the league uh, the number two pairings I, I I would think that this this Falk and Krug has has to rate uh, pretty highly uh, at least what we've seen so far this season yeah there was the fear that uh, you know like a Falk Krug combo would be you know would be lacking on the defensive side but it's turned out to be uh, a pretty good one and uh, and they create more than they give up and that's one of the things you just want to it's good to see out of a defensive is that they are and they still are productive offensively and that overshadows uh what they've done defensively so they're 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 a net gain for this team our guy nico is not a, an offensive player by definition but he has a good feel for the offensive game he's even going back to last year when he was getting some uh getting some looks unafraid to go in unafraid to stay in 
and uh, and JT making some you know making some some good plays with the puck. Uh, you know, picks up a couple of uh, of assists in the game, and, it's, and again, it's not what he does. But uh, that side, you know, he's they need him for the defensive end, uh, shot blocking, wall battles, uh, trying to keep the front of the net clear. But um, if he's he's improved his ability to get the puck out, and as a bonus, he seems comfortable in the offensive end. Yeah, I, that, that's really been a phase of his game that's developed this year. He seems more comfortable doing it. He seems more confident uh, doing it. And I, I think it's an area that that can grow. I think there's probably still more. He doesn't have a tremendous shot, but it's not the worst shot in the world. Uh, it's a, it's not a Jay Bowmeister shot by any means, or at least the late in the career Jay Bowmeister shot. Uh so, it, you know, it's, 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 it's better than that, but uh, yeah. And I, I think anything he can contribute offensively is, uh, is certainly a, a, a plus. And he's, he's willing to, to do it. I mean, a lot of times we see that he's the, he's the, the late D coming in and trailing the play and the puck comes to him and he'll, and he'll let it rip. So um, he's very uh, uh, confident it seems in doing that, or and he's, he actually has gone to the net on occasion. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the finishing may not be there right now, but, uh, he's, he's willing to do it then. And again, he's, you know, he's the big body is, you know, will he be that guy? Will he be that guy they need? Maybe not this year, but next year, you know, I think there's a valid case for that. You know, and JT, one of the things you better be good at in today's NHL and not only, uh, triggering the rush, joining the rush, but just in terms of sustaining pressure. Uh, you've got to be good at keeping uh, the puck in and, and, and pinching and, and winning the battle on the wall and pushing the puck in deeper and, you know, sliding up the wall, using your size, not, you know, jam the puck back in along the net down by behind the net. Uh, it's a huge aspect today, today's game. I mean, a lot of the defensemen who played 20 years ago, there weren't that many guys that had the green light to pinch. Now it's the way the game is played. You, you flat out that yeah. it's all about puck possession and sustaining pressure and D men, have to be able to do that. And, and again, that's where his size can come in handy. I mean, he can, he can be effective along the wall trying to just sustain the pressure. Yeah. And it, it's always a fascinating thing for me to watch, especially in stadium, just the decisions uh, D-men make, whether <clears throat> am I going to pinch up and I try to keep the puck in or do I drop back on defense? And there, there've been times where, uh, you know, I'm like, well, why is he dropping back? It seemed like the puck was only five or six feet away, but it, it's an interesting dynamic. The Blues have have held up. I haven't uh, uh, like double uh, or checked recently where they rank in terms of uh, uh, scoring by defensemen, but they they've they've held in there. And I wondered about that losing Petro and then Dunn, Vince Dunn again this year in Seattle on a on a ten goal uh, uh, pace. Uh, but they've 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 hung in there, and because because I really wondered if their defensive contributions on offense would would hold up and and. Uh, uh, they, they've been pretty good so far. Let's not forget Finland won the Olympic gold medal. Uh, let's just acknowledge that. I'm sure this put a kick in the step of uh, Nico Mikula and Ville Husso. The, uh, uh, for the first time ever, the Finns uh, win the Olympic gold uh, with former blue Pateri Lindbaum uh, on the team. And I, I was surprised the other day because I, I tweeted out, you know, congratulations to uh, Olympic gold medalist Pateri Lindbaum and that several days later, that tweet was liked by Pateri Lindbaum. So, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, uh, pleased uh, to see that, that uh, uh, Pateri's listening. 
So uh, I'm glad that you, uh, so glad that you remembered the reindeer story. I remember asking him about that and being shocked uh, uh, that he goes out and hunts. I believe I said, wait a minute, you're out there hunting uh, uh, Rudolph, you know, being the red-nosed reindeer and but that famous line, what do you say? It keeps them motivated. It keeps the reindeer it keeps motivated. the reindeer motivated. Was uh, was how you quoted him? Yes. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. Hey, another uh, happy topic before we wrap up here on the net front. Um, you know, I was a little tough on Tyler Bozak in the, the midterm grades, and the coach was a little tough on him as well in the sense of of sitting him for a bit. But uh, boy, you know, noticeable in his in his limited role against Toronto, uh, made a real nice pass. Um, not getting big, but he, not getting big minutes, but got back in there, uh, fourth line role. You know, this is not a guy that at this point in his career can play up in the lineup, uh, help you on the power play or even kill that many, um, penalty minutes on the, on the PK unit. But JT, it was good because he's one of the all time good guys to see Tyler get back in there. And, uh, I'm not sure to what end. I mean, obviously you want experience and depth come playoff time. Um, I don't know if there's a possibility that another team looking for experience and depth might want to borrow him for a bit, get him away from his family. I don't know, but whatever the case, <laughs> he got back out there uh, for a bit of hockey. Get him away from the kids. Is that what you're, uh, you're, you're saying? Uh, it, they do. The Bozak children do look like a handful. It's just based on Molly Bozak's Twitter account. Remember the <laughs> one of the youngsters at the winter classic was like uh, <clears throat> licking the ice off the, <laughs> Like a handrail and uh, and at the Winter Classic, I, I think that that that's what was uh, going on. So uh, yeah, they seem very active, energetic uh, uh, children. But yeah, uh, you, you're right, uh, Bozak. Especially, uh, you know, he also won six out of seven faceoffs against Toronto, which is the league's top faceoff team, and they just absolutely destroyed uh, the Blues on the dot that game, even with the six for seven. By Bozak, I think the Blues were thirty-eight uh, percent in the uh, in the in the circle. So yeah, a handy guy uh, to have around. You know, he just hasn't quite adjusted to the reduced role like Alexander Steen did. I mean, uh, and, and I don't know why. You know, the lesser the lesser minutes, but uh, I, I think he's shown that uh, he's uh, he, he can be a handy guy. You know, in spots down the stretch. And Tom, what what? What what you get another two hundred and fifty thousand with uh what a, yep. he's a couple games away I think so yeah, it, yeah I think he's at like, 38, 30, 39 now maybe yeah so, so he looks like he's going to get that yeah and good for when him. Perunovic when Perunovic comes back they they've got to make a roster move presumably it'd be sending Joshua back down so um you know at that point Bozak is going to be back in the lineup on a regular basis. Um, so he's going to get the chance unless someone else gets hurt or who knows how long Perunovic uh, is back. He could be back at practice uh, today, for all we know, as we record this prior to practice. Um, but when that happens, um, you know, Bozak's going to be back in uh, unless they decide they want to play Logan Brown. And I think probably they you know, playing Bozak is a better call right now than playing Brown in that fourth line situation. All right, last thing on the net front, uh, it may be a somewhat emotional but uh, for some, but uh, uh, Tajay Thompson uh, has emerged with the uh, – Tej with the uh, the Sabres. It's, it's finally come around. Good kid. Took a while. Often does for bigger guys. Um, kind of an interesting team. I mean, you know, Tuck's played well for them coming over in the Eichel deal. He's a Western New York guy. Um, he's happy to be there. Uh, Tej has played well. Um Maybe all hope is not lost. For, they're not great this year, uh, admittedly, but um, 
I don't know, JT. One, it's going to be good to see him. Good to see that it's panning out for him because it took a long time to get Thompson to where he needs to be. But, you know, again, sometimes these trades eventually work out. Um, I still think it was a terrible trade for Buffalo. But uh, nonetheless, the Sabres back in town, a little bit of a reunion. Yeah, and just uh, I, I, I was looking up real quick, uh, uh, add to you were talking about possibility of moving uh, Bozak. Keep in mind that that contract that, that he's under now that he signed had a no trade clause, but it goes away on March 6th. So uh, he could be available if, uh, uh, you know, there, maybe there's a contending team that uh, maybe needs a, 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 a third or fourth line uh, veteran presence there. But uh, yeah, Tage, you know, it seems to me the, uh, the taller guys, lankier guys, it just seems uh, in my still somewhat limited hockey experience that it's a lot of times it takes those guys longer to develop and you, you really have to be, uh, patient with him, and maybe it's finally paid off with Tage Thompson. I know he obviously wasn't around for the Cup team. Do they do a little uh, scoreboard shout out there for him, Tommy? Probably not. Probably not in Tage's <laughs> oh, case. Oh, Tom, you're such a cold person. <laughs> maybe, maybe he gets a, just the the you know at the first TV timeout he gets the welcome back, Tage Thompson. Um, <laughs> thank you for making the Stanley That's Cup it? possible. That's uh, it, and now now we return to the ice. And now we've now we're back to the ice, and then maybe there'll be a little polite applause, and then we'll go back. Um, yeah, and some you know, fans will say, "Who? Who? Who? who, who what? Yeah." <laughs> um, and and they'll say, "And we did not trade Robert Thomas. We kept Robert Thomas. Buffalo wanted him. We we gave them Tage Thompson." Yeah, and this goes to prove it's you know where it it's it's difficult to you know some assess trades in the immediate aftermath because it took Thompson time to uh, mm. develop. Now there is no way that. Buffalo will ever win this trade. I mean, because <laughs> so many of the pieces they got are already gone. And so unless Buffalo wins two Stanley Cups, thanks to Tage Thompson, I don't know that <laughs> Buffalo will ever have won this trade. But uh, it shows that um, Buffalo did get at least one asset uh, out of that interaction. Where are you now, Vladimir Sabotka? Yeah. Well, uh, he, he, was in, he was in the Olympics, and uh, now he's back to the KHL, I believe. Yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, and then boy, the Flyers having to, to see Bing Bing Chen come in and score a goal, and you know, yeah, Morgan Frost is, is somewhere on the roster, and, and yeah, I think Farabee is a good player, but there's no way they ever win that trade either because they're gonna suck for a long time. I mean, that team, my God, I mean, they're just not very. They're gonna trade Claude Giroux. They're gonna have to trade other guys. Um, the, the GM's an idiot. I mean, Fletcher. I mean, he just just who trades for Rasmus Ristolainen and then vows to re-sign him. I don't know. I mean, it's it's insane. And they're going to be bad for a long, long time. So, But that's a topic for another day. That's plenty of for this edition of the Netfront Presence. I got through the whole episode without getting on Ken Holland's case up in Edmonton. So we'll get to him later as well. For Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmer, and I'm Jeff Gordon, this is the Netfront. A reminder, you can catch this podcast and all of our other podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Until next time, see ya!